It might be uh, warm enough to record outside now these days. A little bit uh, smoky, smoggy outside. There's that Beijing fragrance. Yes. Thursday, April 7th, 2022. I'm Stephen Sersky. Thanks for joining me. This here is my daily audio blog where I yik yak about the things going on as a uh, expat living here in Beijing, China. And yes, outside today, it's uh, warmed up uh, substantially in the last week and a half. Uh, you'll recall I uh, was talking about how the floors would be all cold and everything, and uh, once the heat was turned off about two, three weeks ago already. Uh, but uh, yeah, since then, toes aren't so cold on the floor, uh, and the whole buildings just seem to be a lot warmer than they were uh, a couple weeks ago, or even just a week ago, uh, last week. So it's it's good. <laughs> it's nice. Um, yeah, today was uh, finally went to did, do part one of the whole passport renewal, which was the whole haircut thing. I finally uh, went in. I was thinking about maybe, you know, what if I didn't? What if I didn't cut my hair at all, didn't trim the beard? Um, like, what would the passport photo look like? You know, could I just go on up and record, uh, you know, uh, apply for the passport, uh, the new passport? Anyway, thinking, you know what? No, I will, uh, I'll trim. And then that way, for the next uh, six months, I won't, uh, I probably won't trim my beard anymore. uh, But I won't, uh, uh, maybe I won't have another haircut. And, you know, (laughs) for those of you who are following along, um, this is the last year of this decade for me. So, uh, uh, and (laughs) so it's kind of ceremonial. And it was a little bit, uh, uh, I guess, emotional, you could say. For no other reason, just simply, you know, uh, it's the last one ever. You'll never be that again, right? And it's so true. You never will. But just like, you know, there will never be another April 6th, 2022. That was yesterday. <laughs> There'll be a, there will not be another April 7th either. And you can splice and dice and semanticize it all you like and go, Well, what about multiple multi-universes? And I go to you. Tell me about your experience in the multiverse. <laughs> it's not happening. So... Last haircut of this decade for me. And uh, then I got thinking, you know, what if I do grow out the beard? If I grow out the beard, what if I do a, you know, a grand reset in uh, September? Just shave it all off. Why not? Just go, not, I won't go bald. I won't go bald again. No, uh, it's not, probably not. Leave that for uh, the natural attrition of my hair. If that happens, actually, it doesn't really happen in my family, uh, to tell you the truth. So... We'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, so tomorrow, the next step of the uh, passport application process is to go get uh, uh, photos taken, which there's there are six places all very far away from me, as far as I can tell, uh, that uh, have the specifications of how to take proper passport photos. I guess you can go to anywhere, but they, of course, the, the passport photos have to be a certain size and they have to be taken within the last six months and I think they have to be stamped by them as well. I uh, can't remember entirely, but uh, so I mean, I don't have any passport photos lying around, so I'll have to go get some uh, new ones as a result. So that's uh, either tomorrow or uh, Saturday. There's the wa- one of the water delivery men taking a one of those twenty gallon twenty gallon. What do you call them? Yeah, the, those big jugs of water. 
they uh, they deliver them. Ah, yes. So that's uh, that's tomorrow. And I guess what was the other thing I have to do? Well, I have to get references, so I have to convince two people to pick up the phone uh, if the embassy were to call them <laughs> on my behalf. Right. Uh, so we'll get that all done. Um, was able to get quite a bit of uh, some Chinese done today. Did not want to, not going to lie. I actually broke up my Chinese studies with another workout this morning because I was like, you know what? I don't want to sit here and look at this text anymore. So I went. Out, I got up and went for a run. But um, was able to do two more un- uh, two more chapters of writing. And I got through another text as well. So it's moving along. Uh, one thing that uh, I, I've mentioned, I, I need to practice my writing. And I've been posting little videos of me practicing my writing. Uh, by the way, like I said, I'm posting these on YouTube, the bigger versions, but I, I post smaller clips on uh, Twitter and Instagram. The reason I'm doing that is to modernize my uh, use of the language, right? One of the things that we as teachers often say is that you have to use as many senses as possible in the learning process. And so one of the senses that we do have, I mean, it's not just the sight and the touch, uh, you know, being able to read or be able to hear, um, it's the fact that like using social media, not social media that is a, like Hello Talk is an aspect of social media, but uh, I've, what if you integrate it right into the social media that you use? And I'm not saying like turn your, don't turn your social medias into the, your target language because uh, you probably don't know the vocabulary. You can if you're into that. Uh, I always found that if I switched the operating system language, I just uh, very soon switched it back because there's too much I need to know uh, on a system that I can't just I can't spend my time always looking up uh, what I need to know sort of thing. If I had a secondary device, it might be a good idea to have one operating system in your target language and then your other main device in your uh, your native or your natural sort of language but it has me posting these characters and of course someone had to comment well you're, you're doing it wrong <laughs> yeah uh not surprised uh given the fact that first of all uh i am uh writing with my index finger on a cell phone uh second of all uh, i'm pretty much teaching myself how to write chinese but uh he did mention that uh, i could use scritter and I remember, I've come across Scritter before. It's, a, it's sort of along the lines of Pleco in terms of uh, fame of uh, Mandarin Chinese students. The uh, language students, I should say. Uh, the reason being is that uh, it sort of uh, enables you to uh, practice your writing without having to go, like, without having a pen and paper without having reams and reams of sloppy writing and it sort of guides you very well i remember not using it i remember seeing it and then going no i'm not going to use this opting instead for the pen and paper approach the reason why and this is still sort of um is in the back of my mind is that i want that visual reminder of having done it right of having that's why i'm posting these videos 
on YouTube. That's why I wrote out all of the characters in the HSK4 book, you know, on paper, because I wanted to see it, you know. <laughs> Prove it to me, Steve, that you know Chinese. Here, this is my handwriting. You know, here, this is the books. Here, here are the, the books, the notebooks that I have filled of notes and things like that. Uh, so that's part of it. And the other thing was that uh, I don't remember uh, Scritter being altogether different from uh, simply... Like, I guess my understanding before was, why do I need that? Why don't I just write it into a dictionary and then have the dictionary tell me how to write the strokes for that character? No one is judging my writing other than the dictionary. So as long as I can write and the dictionary can recognize uh, my writing, then, you know, there's success. However... I do, like, I understand that, uh, especially, like, if a a Chinese person were to watch me write, they'd be like, well, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) That's not how you do it. The the stroke goes this way, and you're like, does it matter? (laughs) And I'll tell you, in my defense, as much as there's all that history and all that culture behind it, I have seen my Chinese teachers write on the board, and I can tell you, they're not doing it traditionally either. <laughs> oh, the stroke is the stroke order the same? Sure, but it looks well. It's Chinese handwriting, of course. All of a sudden, it changes. Yeah, Chinese handwriting. Well, okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm Chinese handwriting. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> um, that being the case, I did download Scritter again. Uh, I'll try it out. Um, I, have, I had some difficulty getting it set up. It seems that it's first of all, it's a very slow app. Very slow. Uh, the other thing is that. In order to do, it's not readily apparent that you can just click on the different characters and then start practicing. That is not clear. It tries to sell you a subscription right away. And (laughs) at least on my phone, it crashed every time it tried. So it's like, well, so if you go into the lesson or one of the uh, pre-arranged card decks uh, that you go click and you, you... at the top, it says, like, subscribe and, like, a test or something. And those are both paid features. But what you can do is click on the uh, the character, and it'll show you how to write it. And then you can practice writing it. The neat thing about this app, the one thing that I did appreciate about it, was the breakdown of the characters. So this is not something that's uh, talked about quite a bit. Maybe it is, but uh, they don't do it in HSK books. Uh, and we di- we weren't doing it in class. Very sadly, I, this is actually one of the reasons I kind of stopped going to this class is because we were getting away from this. In the first couple of classes, my one of my, well, my teacher was doing this. She was like, well, this character's made up of this and this. And that was really neat. I mean, I didn't have to go look for that information. It was being given to me. We kind of got away from that. So this app, uh, this Skirter app, was uh, is showing me, you know, sort of the breakdown about uh, why, you know, characters are made up the way they are, which is great, fantastic. Couldn't help but laugh, though, (laughs) when it says, this character gives it the sound. And meanwhile, you're looking at the base characters that are involved, and you're going, well, neither of those characters equal that sound. How? (laughs) Which, I mean, this is the the grand question of the Mandarin, of the Chinese language. I mean, it kind of makes me think that back in the day, uh, maybe these words were pronounced 
a little bit more differently than we are used to them now. So you go into the, so the entomology, uh, etymology, and uh, the history of the the language itself and how it formed over time. But let's let's face it, you're not you're not doing all that thinking when you're trying to learn a language, when you're trying to read Chinese, or when you're trying to speak Chinese. So that's uh, that's the uh, idea there. I will post the tools that I'm using right now to learn my various languages. Um, among them, I got Pleco, HelloTalk, uh, the HSK5 books. Uh, I use Qingting for listening to Chinese FM broadcasts, various uh, broadcasts. I don't really follow any one, whichever one loads the quickest. Basically, that's that's Qingting, uh, APP. I also use Douyin, uh, but I use that for like the colloquial and you know just to mix it up sort of thing. And it's easier than it's easier to watch Douyin than it is to turn on my TV because if I have the TV on, then I do find that I watch it. Whereas if I have Douyin, I'll do it for two or three minutes and then I'll move on, sort of thing, right? And it has subtitles, <laughs> which is very nice and it's kind of funny sometimes. And um, that that's about it. Uh, for I also have my, my textbook and the short-term uh, spoken Chinese book, uh, which was for class. I'm not going to class anymore. So in addition to all those materials, I had I used to have a three-hour class every Sunday, which I've stopped going to. And the reason is, you know, I want to focus on HSK5 test prep rather than on the uh, spoken uh, vocabulary-heavy uh, classwork. Right. And then finally, I also have a notebook that I use for a lot of my dictation exercises and for taking notes in class. One of the things uh, I will miss about the class, but I can replicate by way of dictations, is the note-taking. That was sort of one of the neat things, was being able to, um, I guess, first of all, interpret my (laughs) teacher's handwriting, but also to be forced... Uh, no one was forcing me, but to feel the need, the urge to actually take notes in Chinese. So this is, I mean, this is news to me. This is new to me. I'd, I'd never done this before. Taking all my language notes were always done in English, right? Or even pinyin. Some of them had to be in pinyin because I, I just couldn't figure out the character or I didn't know how else to explain it other than putting it into pinyin or into English. But vast majority of the class notes were in Chinese, which was a, just a great exercise in uh, being able to, uh, similar to use, incorporating social media, like everyday social media, into my language studies, using the language for class notes, much like I would do it in English. So that was the, that's sort of how uh, that came about, and I, I found it actually very useful. For Russian, uh, my approach for Russian is a little bit different. Uh, I do listen to uh, Viesti FM using the uh, Radio FM uh, Russian app. I can't remember which application store I got it through, but uh, it's just a collection of uh, FM stations broadcast, and I just follow the uh, Moscow or the St. Petersburg radio feeds. Uh, those are sort of the, the easiest, uh, to, and they have the best connection. Some of the other ones uh, don't always load properly, so it can be a little bit frustrating. I use italki for my Russian lessons and for vocab practice because they actually do have some good uh, flashcard decks available. 
They have a, a wall function similar to Hello Talk, where you can also get people to uh, correct what you've done. But it's, it's iTalky, since it's geared towards more of the, the teacher-student interaction rather than the social media aspect, you get a lot less spam, and it's a lot more language learning intensive, I guess. One of the other cheaper, smaller, uh, excuse me, uh, apps that I use for studying Russian is actually just the Notepad app on my phone. And what I'll do is I'll find an article in Russian, I'll copy the whole thing, and then I'll put that into Notepad. I'll d divide it up into sentences or into lines. Actually, not sentences, line breaks. So I'll put two spaces in between each line of text. And on. so the first line is the Russian text, the original one. The second line, I will copy it out letter for letter. Third line is a blank line. And then repeat. And I find with the development of technology, I mean, I can write the Cyrillic letters pretty well. Uh, at least for my own use sort of thing. But when will I ever be writing Cyrillic to anybody? Uh, very, very few and far between, right? I'm not penning letters to some distant lover or family or anybody. Or pen pal. Not. I'm texting people. I'm, you know, using a phone. So <laughs> I want to learn how to type Russian on my phone, even if, like, even by using the uh, autocorrect, autofill feature, right? So, I mean, that's fully um, within the purview of practicing Russian typing because, you know, it's, it's part of the functionality of using the language as it is today. My teacher actually commented on Monday uh, where I, I wrote hello to her uh, through Skype on my computer, and she's like, why did you say hello? You should say, здрасте or привет. And I was like... I'm on my computer. I don't know the Cyrillic alphabet on my computer because it's all the uh, the QWERTY keyboard. It's not the the Russian one. Instead, if I was using the keyboard on my cell phone, I could type it very easily. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a a little reminder of uh, still the 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 jump that technology needs to take. Uh, there's a couple textbooks I use for my Russian. Paikale, Paikali is one of them. I can't remember what the ending word, uh, what any letter is. Uh, that was sent to me by my Russian teachers. Good for all the uh, like drills and the exercises and things like that. Uh, but also, I used another one called Russian in Exercises, which was given to me by my teacher last year. And that one's again another old school textbook focuses on the drills. You know, I talked about the drills in Chinese. You know, why don't we have more drill textbooks like this. These these Russian books are exactly what I'm talking about, or what I'm referring to, thinking of when I'm going, why doesn't Chinese, why doesn't the Chinese language have books like this? These, you know, where you're, you're given a structure to use, and then you're giving 15 sentences that are all very simple, very straightforward. All you got to do is make the necessary changes and fit them in. I guess one of the reasons is because like the Russian language is uh, uh, an inflected language. So as a result, the, uh, like that's what you're practicing a lot when you're, uh, when you're doing that. 
Whereas with Chinese, it's, you know, the conjugations don't change very much. As a result, you don't have to practice them as much. Uh, rather, the, you have to work on the, the ground. Wow, that thing gets noisy, doesn't it? So instead of the conjugations or the inflections of the language, you just have to work on the grammar placement, which, again, why aren't there drills for this? Uh, it, it baffles me. I, it kind of makes me want to know how the Chinese kids learn this language. Like, if it's not through drills, how do they learn the grammar? <laughs> I guess that would be my question. How else do they learn it? In addition to the textbooks, uh, I do have classes, uh, Russian classes, uh, one to three times a week, depending on my teacher availability. Uh, and those are each for 45 minutes to 65 minutes uh, sorry, 45 to 60 minutes long, uh, nothing longer. Not like the Chinese lessons where it's a three-hour block. And then, of course, uh, pen and paper for class notes, as that helps me, again, uh, remember a lot of the uh, the words and the topics covered in the class so uh, that I can jog my memory. I cannot take... I haven't figured out a good note-taking system yet for my Russian classes. Uh, I've, I've switched between... Um, like writing it in English, writing a Romanized version of the Russian language, and then also trying to write in Cyrillic, and it just looks like garbage. I can never read my own writing. My my Russian, sorry, my Cyrillic handwriting, although I can do it, it's not very good. You walked uh, as one a result, mile within 22 <laughs> minutes and 41 seconds. Heart rate is 176. Thank you, Zep Life. Uh, how wonderful it is to know how much I've been walking. There you go. Uh, but as much as I can write, it's not legible when I'm writing it that fast. So uh, I can actually, I can print them if I know what the, the characters are, the letters are. So it's a lot easier uh, and it's a lot neater than trying to write it out. All right, so that's uh, basically... A lot of the stuff I use for uh, my language lessons. Uh, if you have any apps that you guys use, I know, uh, I mean, there's so many materials out there. Uh, lots to choose from. Uh, it's sort of almost, it's almost difficult to pick a few and stay committed with them. And especially as your knowledge changes, I know the tools that you need to use and that you want to use change quite a bit. Uh, I don't think it's any sort of, uh, you know, secret that with the development of this uh, this technology, it's, it's getting easier, especially for a language such as uh, Mandarin Chinese. Uh, but, uh, you know, even Russian, being able to connect with teachers around the world, uh, not just teachers, but people around the world and practicing the language as it's a living language uh, in and of itself. So, hard to pick and choose. I, what I found probably the, uh, the, the best thing to do is to basically pick one or two and go with it. Oh, in terms of dictionaries, yeah. What do I use for a Russian dictionary? Google Translate, I think. That's it. Uh, for uh, Chinese, I use either Baidu or Pleco. Those are the only dictionaries that I use. I have paper dictionaries, 
I don't use them. <laughs> they just are too far away from where I'm sitting. Uh, they require me to put down the book that I'm reading and pick up another book and flip through it. And it reminds me too much of my university years of studying those languages, wherein it was like, it just got annoying. You know, it'd be faster if. And so that's what I do. I use the if. You know, just use the cell phone. It's, it's just easier that way. It's It's meant for this sort of ease of use, this convenience, and yeah, it does make uh, language learning a whole lot easier. I will put these show notes on my website. You can check those out so you can uh, double check all the apps and the programs uh, and the little things that I've been using to study my languages, uh, and you can uh, pick and choose what is uh, whatever works for you. Website has been updated. I haven't talked about March Motion, but that has also been updated as well. And I do need to talk a little bit about uh, Adobe After Effects, which I'll leave this all for tomorrow. I'll do a, an episode about uh, some of the big differences I'm seeing between these two major uh, graphics programs. Focus, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And I hope you guys had a good week. If you're working, great. If you're not, well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, we signed up for it, right? Enjoy the weekend uh, coming up. Enjoy the end of the week. And uh, enjoy the nicer weather coming up here, especially in Beijing. Even though it does smell like coal dust. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephensersky.com. Folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.